0: Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Revelation chapter 3. Uh, we've been going through this. We've got today and next Sunday, and uh, then we're done. Hasn't this been a fun little trip through this book, uh, this the first part of this book, in these letters or these uh, messages from Jesus through John the Apostle to us and to those churches long ago? We have one more today. This one is the message of the church to Phil- the church in Philadelphia. Now, uh, this is not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, that, they got their name from somewhere else. And so this is a church that was in, uh, what is now modern day Turkey. And we're gonna look at this here in just a second. But before we get to this, this is one of those churches that was experiencing some persecution and some internal struggle and we're going to see about that and I want to make sure that we understand this especially if you're just viewing this online you're kind of scrolling through I don't want you to get the wrong impression of the church now remember they're they're going to use uh, Jesus through John is going to use some pretty harsh language about some of the Jewish population of the city of Philadelphia in its time and he's going to use some words like that synagogue of satan who think they're Jews and they're really not. Now, this is very similar to one we heard a little while ago. But I want you to know this is not Jesus being (laughs) anti-Semitic. Jesus was Jewish. He was born a Jew. He was circumcised a Jew. He was dedicated a Jew. He was raised a Jew. He died and we believe was the fulfillment of the Jewish hope as the Jewish Messiah. And he was raised to new life and first appeared to Jewish women and sent them off to proclaim to Jewish men and began his ministry, the ministry of the church there in the Jewish, very Jewish city of Jerusalem. So this is, this is really an internal struggle. These are Jewish Christians who are being pushed to the margins or pushed out by other Jewish, uh, who, Jews who did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah so when we hear synagogue of Satan just like a few weeks ago remember synagogue is a congregation uh, Satan an accuser so he is saying this this congregation of accusers and they were accusing those Jews that were believing in Jesus who say they are submitted to God remember that's what it means to be a Jew Jew means submission to God but who are not And so I want you to hear that so that as we read this passage, we're tracking along with it, okay? Are you with me? This is yes, this is no. Hopefully there are a lot of yeses. All right, here we go. And because these are the words of Jesus to the church today and then, would you stand in honor of the message from Jesus through John to us today? Hear the word of the Lord from Revelation chapter 3 beginning at verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of the Holy One, the true One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Look, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say that they are Jews and are not, but are lying, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word of patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have, so that no one may seize your crown." If you conquer, I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God. You will never go out of it. I will write on you the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is the Word of God for the people of God here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. In 1998, Lori and I moved from Nashville, Tennessee, where we were attending Trevecca Nazarene University, to Pasadena, California, where where I was going to attend Fuller Theological Seminary. And one of the things that I loved about as soon as we moved into our little uh, student housing apartment was that whenever I walked out of my apartment and out onto the street, I could look to the left and see the beautiful mountains of Southern California. Not many people realize that in Los Angeles they have some peaks that go all the way up to 10 to 12,000 feet. They get covered with snow in the wintertime. It's, It's beautiful. But it wasn't until we were there for just a little bit that I realized what it was that made those mountains so tall. And we found out as we were asleep one night and we were laying there in bed and all of a sudden there was a noise like somebody slapped the window right in our bedroom. We were bolted awake and I was beginning to form the words that said, Was that an earthquake? And in mid-sentence, the entire bed that we were both laying on moved up and to the left. And then it moved down back to the floor. And then it moved to the right. And up and down and up and down and up and down. Now thankfully, providentially... We have been told that if you're in bed that's the safest place to be. But I kept having those visions of the Northridge quake where the top apartments fell down onto the lower apartments and we were on the lower parts. And I was just on the it just kept going back and forth and back and forth and it was getting stronger and stronger and stronger and I was just about to think it might be safer for us under the bed than on top of the bed when whoosh stopped. I mean, you have never heard noise like this. To think about everything, and I mean everything in your apartment, from your bed to the pipes in the wall to the dishes in your, in your uh, cabinets to the ugly 40-year-old brown 3-inch shag carpet that was still in our apartment in 1998. Everything was moving. Once we uh, came to ourselves, we made our way out of our apartment. We weren't sure what we were supposed to do. Everyone else made their way out of their apartment, too. It really became a a little party. We kind of got to know some of our neighbors who we still didn't know because we were all talking about it. And We were watching at the community pool, the the water splashing around in the pool, and we must have been making some noise because eventually someone in an apartment, I still don't know to this day who it was, just opens the door and says, Welcome to California. Go back to bed. (laughs) And so we calmly dispersed. And went back to bed. Why am I telling you a story about an earthquake? Earthquakes tend to get our attention. And they, they tend to redirect our focus. And today we're looking at a church. It may not have been in Southern California, but it was very Southern California-like. Now it was a little different. It wasn't faults, uh, the, the earth faults that push up mountains. Theirs was very Volcanic in that day and age, in that area, but they had experienced earthquakes. I want you to know that earthquakes occur naturally. I I know that sounds strange, but these things that come into our life that shake us up, get our attention and begin to focus us. They they occur naturally. This this began to happen in Philadelphia. They they had dealt with this quite a bit. There had been volcanoes in the past. There's still volcano, volcanic activity underneath. It had left the soil very good and rich for growing grapes for wine. And so they had there had been a big city, this city of Philadelphia, that, that grew up here and, and it had become an important center for the You know, basically, the Greek way of life. And when the Romans came to power, they began to do this. But part of that thing was that they had quite some big earthquakes. And in fact, you know, California, they're always talking about, is this the big one? Well, for Philadelphia, they had the big one in 17 AD. In fact, it had destroyed, it had wiped out most of the city. And people had, had fled because they didn't have earthquake proof things back then. And so they, the only way to be safe was to go outside of the city and to set up a tent or just some kind of shelter, whatever you could do to get out of there. And so this began to create some things. It began to create some aftershocks for the church, even as far into the future as this message from jesus to the church of philadelphia had come whenever there would be an aftershock or the ground would rumble and things would shake you would see people begin to move outside of the city that's kind of difficult isn't it you never know who's going to be there for that sunday are they in the city or are they out of the city And how are we going to minister? Do they need help? Can we get them? What's going on in them? We just began to see these aftershocks, this natural occurring earthquake that begins to have ramifications for the church. But earthquakes for Philadelphia were also taking place spiritually. I've kind of hinted at some of that to prepare us for the reading, but Jewish Christians were thrown out of the synagogue. You see, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Jews, because of their monotheism, as long as they continued paying their taxes, they were afforded some religious freedom to not have to go into the temples of Zeus or Athena or the temple to the emperor and burn incense. They were given a special, uh, they were absolved of that. Now they began to look at these Jewish Christians, these these. Christian, these Jews who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, that He had been crucified, He died and He was raised again. And they were beginning to bring in non-Jews saying, this is what our scriptures have been talking about all the time, that the nations would then come. And they didn't like that. And more importantly, they were afraid that they were going to lose. If non-Jews were starting to join, they were going to lose their ability to not have to go to those other temples. And so what did they do? They kicked the Jewish Christians out. And that had aftershocks for that little church. Most scholars that I read said, you know... We kind of tend to think nowadays of church and church wars. You know, you've got one church on one corner and another church on another corner, and they don't like each other, and they say bad things about each other on social media, and they do all that, but it's all things together. It's kind of equal. They said, at best, this little Christian community in Philadelphia was probably 15 to 35 people. And the synagogue was quite big. And so they were pushed out. They were thrown out, and that put them precarious place where they would then have to begin to be called upon to go to the temples of the emperor of Zeus in order to be good Romans they didn't have that protection and they were having to say no I worship Jesus and him alone aftershocks sometimes happen spiritually as well The other thing that we begin to see is sometimes earthquakes occur relationally. I mean, again, thinking about the synagogue that had split and had pushed out these 35 or so Jewish Christians. Think about this. There were family members who had been raised together in the Jewish traditions and faith. And now, because of all that was going on, there is now an earthquake that is pushing even some of them, their family members to the curb in order to protect themselves and what they understand. You see earthquakes can happen in a lot of ways and this as I was reading this and 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 getting all this together I'm like is this 22 AD or 2022 I don't know if you've uh, heard uh, we didn't necessarily have a have an earthquake but we had a pandemic I, I remember in 2020 in March and April and and May like okay how are we doing church this week Who's here? Who's, who's going to be at home? And, and that, that's fine. You do what you've got to do. But how are we going to make sure that they hear the good news? How are they going to be encouraged? How are they going to be joined together so that we can do this together? Spiritually, it was, it was tough. To know what's coming, what's happening, what all the changes, the things that were going on in the world and continue to go on in the world, that sometimes even continue to divide families over. Is this 22 or 2022? So I think this message has something to say to you and to me, to those of you who are joining us online. Because earthquakes still happen today. I've heard that Michigan gets one every now and then. I haven't felt one yet thankfully. But what do we do? So what do we do in the face of earthquakes and aftershocks? What does Jesus long for us to do in the midst of these things that just seem to butt heads together and shake the very ground that's underneath us? What does Jesus call us to do? Well, the game plan is still that we conquer. Now, if this is your first Sunday here, Jesus has redefined what it means to conquer for us. So let's not forget this. In chapter 2, verse 19, we see that conquering means that we sacrificially love. The Greek word for sacrificial love is what? Do you remember? Anybody? Agape. Agape. We build up faith. In ourselves and in others, we learn, we continue to meet, we gather, we hear the the scriptures presented and proclaimed, preached and taught. We learn and we seek to build that up in others. We serve others and we patiently endure whatever suffering comes our way that we can't avoid. This is what Jesus says is conquering. And so in the midst of earthquakes, in the midst of aftershocks, in the midst of all that life can throw at us, what do we do? We love. We build up faith. We serve. And we endure. This is what Jesus calls us to. Now what will Jesus do in the midst of this as we are loving and building faith? As we are serving and enduring, what will Jesus do? Well, let's look at that because it's listed right here. And they all begin with P. So isn't that great? It'll just help you remember. The first thing that Jesus says is that he will provide an open door. Verse 8 says, I know your works. Look, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. Do you think a little congregation back then needed to hear that? When the door of the very house of worship that many of them had been raised in was shut to them, did they need to hear that Jesus saw them and could open a door that no one could close? I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. They are living into this, and he is before them providing an open door my friends today did you need to hear those words to you in your situation in your earthquake in the aftershocks that are going on of that thing that took place five years ago whatever it is do you need to know that jesus sees your earthquake and knows your power level your ability and he is willing to provide for you what you need an open door This is a great message of encouragement to this church in Philadelphia today. And I hope to us as well. Number two, he not only provides an open door, but he presents his love for us. Look at this, verse 9. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but are lying, I will make them come and bow down before you, and they will learn that I have, what is it? Loved you. He's going to present His love to them. Now, I don't want us to go too far. Remember how we conquer. We conquer by sacrificial love, right? We conquer by building up faith. We conquer by serving. We conquer by patiently enduring. I believe that as they come to bow down in front of these Christians, the, the vision that Jesus is giving to them through John is they're coming not to be trampled, but to be taught. What does he say there? I will they will learn that I have loved you. As you sacrificially love others and those around you, as you build up your faith and others, the faith of those around you, as you serve and as you patiently endure even the suffering that they are putting on you, they will begin to learn and they will submit themselves. To the understanding that I have loved you. And they can get in on this. Jesus will provide an open door. And Jesus will present his love to us in the midst of our earthquakes. Let's move on. Three, Jesus will preserve us in the time of trial. Because earthquakes just happen, don't they? They shake us up. They focus our attention. And what Jesus wants us to know, in the midst of the time of trial, He will preserve us. Let's look at verse 10. Because you have kept my word of patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming to the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. All right, you ready for your first Greek lesson for today? Actually, it's your only Greek lesson today keep you from. That's a phrase. Three Greek words. The first Greek word is tereso. Pretty simple to say. You want to say that with me, don't you? Ready? One, two, three. Tereso. Let's say it one more time, just so you get it, because we're going to say a whole phrase today. Ready? One, two, three. Tereso. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Tereso. The word for you is the word say. Pretty simple to say, isn't it? So let's say, say, ready, one, two, three, say. Let's say those together, tereso, say, ready, one, two, three, tereso, say. And then the last word is the word from, and it, it is the word ek. So all together it is tereso, say, ek. Let's say that together, ready, one, two, three, tereso, say, ek. Wow, what Greek scholars you guys are. This is phenomenal, phenomenal. Tereso say ek. Why am I why am I drawing attention to this? Because there's only one other time that Tereso and ek are used together. Now, often this passage, people tend to think of, oh well, Jesus is going to help me to escape the trial that is to come. But the only other place that tereso and ek are used in the same phrase is found in John 17.5. Again, it's John again. Same John that's written all this down for us. Where Jesus in his prayer says, I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to tereso altus ek. Now, altus is just the plural form of you. Them. Keep them from the evil one. So I want you to see this. This isn't about escaping the earthquake. But it's about knowing that Jesus will preserve you despite the trials that you may go through. And his prayer for us is, Te resu se ek. That they will be kept... Oh, and, and the wonderful thing about the language there is it's not just a one-time keep. It is a keep and keep on keeping, but I won't bore you with all the Greek language grammar. That this is something that is ongoing. Because you are continuing. See, a test does what? This, this great thing that Jesus says is coming is to test the world. It is to, to show who is placing their faith in Jesus. And so if they are conquering, if they are sacrificially loving and building up faith and serving others and patiently enduring, they've already been tested. And so Jesus' prayer is just that they will be kept in the time of trial through. You will see it. It'll feel like you're just out of it because you're so into the ways of Jesus. And so he calls you into that. It's good news, isn't it? But let's move on. (laughs) Lastly, and this is a fun one to say, his presence produces pillared people. Say that five times fast. No, don't. You don't want to spit on the person in front of you. His presence produces pillared people. Let's look at verse 11 and 12. He, said, he tells them, I am coming soon, so hold fast to what you have so that no one may seize your crown. If you conquer, I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God. You will never go out of it. What is he saying? What is all this about making people into pillars? This, this makes no sense. Okay, it's called a metaphor. Go back into your English language for a little bit. This idea, what what does all of this mean? This would have meant something incredible to the Philadelphians. You see, remember the big one back in 17 AD? Where the whole city had crumbled. They reached out to the emperor Tiberius at the time. And he had sent money to rebuild the city. And he sent a message that said, I will come to you. He didn't mean that literally. He just said, my money's coming to you. I will come to you. And they began to rebuild the city. And the city felt so compelled and thought this would be a good idea for us to get on board. Uh, and so they, they changed their name from Philadelphia to neo Caesarea, which means city of the young Caesar. And they built with some of that money a temple to the young Caesar Tiberius. Now by the time Jesus is speaking these words to John, to this little church, they had already changed their name back to Philadelphia. Why? Because the young Caesar had already passed away. And his temple now was in disrepair. And so Jesus uses this beautiful opportunity to talk about this when he announces to them that I'm coming. And it's not just my money that's coming. I'm not just coming as the representative of some nation to to try and console you. I am coming soon. And my presence will enter into the city. And when that begins to happen, I will make you into my temple. He begins to say, I'm coming soon. I will give you my name and make you into my temple. Now think about this. Think about the symbolism of this and the truth of this. Names and temples hold the presence of God. That, that was their understanding then. Was that you went into the temple to experience the presence of God. And you, you better be ready to go into the presence just in case. And so that's where it was. And so when you're outside the temple, you didn't have to worry too much. But when you entered in, and Jesus is saying, in the midst of your earthquakes, not only will I provide an open door, not only will I present my love to you, but my presence will pillar people. In other words, you won't go to a temple to find my presence. My presence will be in you. Did you need to hear that this morning in the midst of your earthquakes, in the midst of the aftershocks of whatever is going on in your life, whether it's relationally or spiritually or naturally with all that's happened in our world? Do you need to hear that Jesus longing and hope as you begin to sacrificially love and build up faith and serve and patiently endure is that he longs to put his presence in you for you to be his temple? That's why he says, and you will never depart from my temple. Why? Because it's in you. It's not a place you go. It's something you are. And he offers this hope and this good news. So what does this mean for us today, my friends? What does this mean for us today? Well, first, you probably ought to take just a moment and say, what earthquakes am I experiencing right now? Is it just the earthquake of what's going on in our worlds? Wars and rumors of wars, disease, all the things that are happening, the politics of everything. Is it just creating anxiety and worry and fear? Is all of that beginning in you? Is that your earthquake? Is it shaking you up? Is it spiritually? Is it wondering where do I go? Where do I fit? How do I? Have you begun to see that? Is it relationally? Whether it's your family or something that's going on here. What earthquake are you experiencing? And asking the question, do you need an open door? Because Jesus promises to provide one. Would that be hopeful to you to know that? Do you, in the midst of the earthquake, need reassurance of His love? It is here today, He speaks these words, yes, to a church in Philadelphia, but also to a church in Portage, Michigan. That He loves you in the midst Do you need to know a reassurance of His presence and that He longs for that presence to be in you? Not something you visit from 11 to 12 o'clock on Sunday, but in you, in your office, in your home, wherever you go, His presence will go with you. Do you need to hear that this morning, church? This is good news for us. So we need to question and ask, Will we, will Will I, will you let Jesus make you into his presence holder? That's the call. That's the hope that that will take place for you. Maybe you need to make this corporate for us, cross community church today. Will we let Jesus make us into his presence holder? Not the walls of this building, but you, the people, you who are online. Will you allow Jesus to make you a pillar in his temple, to write his name on your hearts so that wherever you go, His presence, His strength is with you in the midst of the earthquake, preserving you in the time of trial, helping you, reassuring you of His love. Do you need that this morning, church? Because I just believe in a crowd this size and whoever's online, there is someone experiencing an earthquake today. And I hope you are hearing good, good news. Will we begin to let him transform our vision not to see the challenges as obstacles but to see them as open doors opportunities ways that he can help us to overcome and begin to invite others into his presence to be reassured you know the interesting thing is is that phil the philadelphia church of all the churches that were written to in revelation philadelphia lasted the longest Eventually it fell into ruin and now it's rebuilt and its ruins are being discovered underneath other cities. But that Philadelphia church, sacrificially loved, patiently endured, served, and built up faith and they lasted the longest. What about cross-community church? Are we willing to let him build us into his temple for his presence to be in you? with you wherever you go the call is to hold on to conquer by loving, building faith, serving and enduring are you ready church he is coming soon and his love is for you let's stand for prayer this morning Father Thank you for this incredible message of hope in the midst of earthquakes and aftershocks. I pray today that whoever is listening to this and is still feeling shaken by whatever earthquake has come into their life, I pray that very quickly it will refocus On the fact that you provide an open door for us. On the fact that you present your love to us. That you long for your presence to be in us. And through us to make its way out into our world full of its earthquakes and aftershocks. God, help us to receive assurance today of your presence no matter what is going on around us. Teach us to begin to see those things as opportunities and open doors for engagement with those around us. Reassure us that there is nowhere we can go you are not already with us and help us to be your temple to take your name your strength, your love as we go out and conquer by sacrificially loving by building up faith by serving and by enduring I pray that you will make that happen here at Cross Community Church. May we be known as a church of your name. For we pray and we ask all of these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you receive this blessing before you go? And now, may the one who is with you in the midst of the earthquakes and the aftershocks, reassure you of his love. Reignite a passion to be in his presence and to know that that presence can be in you and with you wherever you go. I pray that you would go in the hope of his presence. I pray that you will go and sacrificially love, build up faith, serve, and endure. And in doing so, be made into the pillared people of Jesus. I pray these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us, one God, forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in peace. Go in His name. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us online. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. for tuning in to cross communities podcast we hope you will join us next week we would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net you can also support the ministries of cross community by giving online on our website